Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Like the, one of the arguments for God is how complex the human eye is. I thought there was going to be like that. It's like how complex yeah. the human watch is. The human watch is. <laughs> yes. Nature could never create something as beautiful as the watch without God. <laughs> Boys here, the internet's number one fake history podcast is here to hopefully grab up and suck up a few of those SEO crumbs left behind by all the Twitch streamers. Uh, I am your probably slightly overhyped host, Peter O'Donoghue, and vibrating through the walls and floor with me are. Uh, sorry, your Princess Ethan is on another planet because there's like a billion of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm Mames Jiller, the biggest fan of Hod Towered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So uh, I could not resist this one. Uh, Bethesda basically begged us to cover Starfield uh, when they released their official timeline a couple weeks in advance of the game's release a couple of weeks ago. Um, and then they decided to release their big, the biggest game of the year. They were like, we don't really want to compete with the Lore Boys on Wednesday. We're pushing it to Thursday. <laughs> so that's, um, that's- hopefully we can give Hod Towered the Lore Boys bump there. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally, of course, I would be doing a request from Patreon. I believe we got some fresh ones that Ethan's going to shout out there. But uh, this time, it's something that I'm sure someone would request eventually. So retroactively, we can claim we were like on the ball with this one. Yeah, we're we were prescient. We were on the ball and reading the ball, the crystal ball that told us that you were going to request Starfield. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we have some new patrons this week. Uh, thanks to Michael Hillegas, uh, Cody Small, and Noah Head. I feel like I went to a... Did I know? Have I known Cody Smalls at some point in my life? Oh yeah, I I, I know who Cody. It just came back to me. Not this one though. But thanks to <laughs> now, I, yeah. now I know now I know. Even having a full conversation over there. <laughs> I think uh, Noah Head is also a resub because I remember doing a No Head joke at some point. But anyways, uh, okay. well, yeah, I thought about Road uh, Ahead uh, the second yeah, time yeah. and it felt familiar. But yeah. Anyway, hey, they, they trick us every time with their their re, their unsub and resub. There's no <laughs> way for us to prevent it. So welcome back. Yeah. Back. So yeah, normally uh, I would uh, ask you guys if you had played the game we're covering and if you like it, but obviously since we haven't, are you interested in Starfield? Yeah, we, we just talked about it a bit on the bonus con- uh, content, uh, which if you want to get access to, you can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash the lore boys. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited for it. Obviously, uh, we're all big, big Bethesda fans, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah. We're big Elder Scrolls fans. We have mixed feelings on Fallout 4, but I think we're generally positive about it these days. Um, and I think you you called it right, Pete, that it's going to Starfield will probably be overhyped. Um, so I, I won't play it for the first six months, I don't think, but I, I will pick it up eventually and I'm sure I'll put a, a good a good and healthy amount of hours. In. Just, yeah. yeah, I'm also excited for it. Something I think Bethesda does really well is environmental storytelling. 
especially in stuff like uh, like Fallout or Skyrim, like when you find a blind guy and he has a book and there's no words in the book, like like mm-hmm. little gags like that, right? And and yeah. things are finding people that have things on them and then reading a story about it later and learning why there's that skeleton in the corner. Um, my concern with something like Starfield, which is going to have hundreds of planets as far as I know, uh, is how do you do that uh, like small detail-oriented environmental storytelling whenever the world uh, or the universe is just so big and how are how is Hod Tower going to tell a good main quest story uh, through all of that that feels like you're not on rails and that you kind of can explore too yep. I'm not sure how he's going to do it but I hope he does it good I mean yeah I'm, I'm excited this will be the first any anything that I, I learn about Starfield you know what I mean like I know it's like oh there's a bunch of planets that's like I know it's sci-fi, it's set in space, and there's a bunch yeah. of planets. That is like the extent of everything I know about Starfield. Um, I don't know, like, like is it cyberpunk and that there's, or is it like Outer Worlds-esque where there's going to be a a bunch of, you know, uh, corporations which kind of control everything? Like, what kind of world is it? I have no idea. And I don't know if that's been released yet or not. I've, I haven't been actively avoiding, like, I haven't been on, like, an active media blackout, but I... I don't really look at like gaming news or anything like that. Yeah, uh, I I am the gaming. Um, <laughs> I haven't watched uh, anything either. Like, there's gameplay out. Have you watched the gameplay? No, I watched I don't a little bit. Anything. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. I watched one early review t- that came out that I just wanted to know, like, how's this going to run on my PC? And apparently, pretty well, which shocked me based on Bethesda. Um, right, you're the expert. You're going to tell us, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. And then, obviously, yeah. like I'm very curious about the game. I've been openly disappointed with Bethesda for years at this point, but new franchise, no expectations is one of the reasons I kind of minimized my media consumption because I am a fan of Bethesda, and I guarantee if I had overhyped myself, I would be disappointed. So going in as blind as you can be and having written this episode, I think... Is good, but it's on Game Pass. So I'll be playing it first out of the three of us, unless Jamie buys it day one when it's out for the regulars. I will. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing like where are they at now? Because like the environments, like Jamie said, do look fucking incredible. The art style they've chosen yeah. is unbelievable. My main concern is interacting with people. Human interaction in video games has gotten so good since 2013 when whatever fallout 4 came out the fact that this game is still populated by what looks like unblinking wax monsters is like okay let's see maybe i'll spend more time out in space by myself and not with these dolls that haunt me like (laughs) they they still look a bit odd it was 2015 Uh, or 2016 2015 or 2016 i think 13 was skyrim or 12 2011 11 11 11 11 okay yeah 11 and then, yeah, 15 or 16 was Fallout 4. But anyways. Overall, down with the clown on Starfield. Uh, obviously, join Patreon, because I'll be talking about it. Hope, if it's good, for months, right? Like, that. that's it. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, we can save you guys some time and spice up your experience with Starfield if you're going to jump into it as well. Or Stanfield, as someone in Discord called it by accident, which fucking killed me. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> And um, yeah, so basically Bethesda released an official timeline of the events within the Starfield universe up until the game starts. So all of this is uh, additional flavor. And then obviously, if you listen to this episode and play the game, hopefully you can plug some stuff in as you're exploring and talking to people. And maybe it'll, you know, make things 
pretty cool. So I'm very excited for this. I had not knowing anything going in, uh, just getting that this timeline and stuff like as, as a preamble is, is very exciting. So like we could start. Um, and I'm very, and I'm very unexcited and I okay. always lie. And Jamie always tells the truth and you have to figure out which one of us <laughs> is the cuter. <laughs> yeah this skyrim puzzle is we both like the game uh, yeah. i don't know yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> which one of us has tattooed on the bottom of the the shaft of their penis a moth a bear and a wolf oh, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah i tried to get that done they got half a moth and we had to get we ran out of canvas but uh, <laughs> <laughs> one wing yeah uh. so uh we start in the far ish flung year of 2050 uh, when humanity finally arrives on Mars and is living in space. Uh, now, after we uh, after playing the game, we'll probably learn like when humanity started living permanently in space. But like for now, we don't have an exact year. Mm-hmm. Touchdown, the human touchdown on Mars is in 2050. Um, and living permanently, I don't know how much time they need to go by. So for reference, uh, I checked how long the average time spent on the International Space Station is, the ISS now. Um, and Wait, can I generally, guess? Is it sorry? 90 days? Nope. No? I was just, I just wanted to guess. 60 days. The average is six months. Six? Okay. Oh, so I guess yeah. Days. Yeah. Got to make Long. it worth it if you're going up there. Yeah, I, you got to make it worth the gas to transport a human body up there. It's just like, it's yeah. way too expensive because it's like $15,000 a kilogram to ship shit to space yeah. or something like that. You longest, time, longest time spent in space? What do you, what do you think? I mean, I guess two years. Uh, it's, I was gonna say eighteen months. Uh, uh, eighteen months, yeah, like a year and a half. Yeah, I was gonna say about a year and a half. I'll say a year just to be different. Yeah. Jamie's. I think Jamie's gonna get the the closest here because four hundred and thirty seven days comes out to one point two uh, yeah. years. Okay. Yeah, if you stay up there too long, your heart uh, starts to become more round. I believe yeah. because there's no uh, no outside forces pushing it in. So it, it yeah, it like doesn't become... pull down the part there. All your muscles yeah. will like atrophy too, and like yeah. There's certain ones like you can uh, you get you work out in space like all the all the astronauts, they have like ellipticals and electri- uh, like exercise bikes and stuff that they have to yeah. exercise on every day. Their muscles will atrophy. But it's like Jamie says, there's some muscles which you just like can't can't exercise in the same way like your heart. Like without you do, gravity. Yeah, yeah that's it. it does beat. But yeah, yeah our, we're still we, we evolved for the Earth. We're not ready for the the, the field of stars, but. Exactly. Got us there, yeah. It's hubris to fly. Planes are, are blasphemy. Am I? We should not be reaching up to touch the face of God. No. <laughs> That's his he domain. Us here. Exactly. <laughs> I like to think that there's a guy who went up on the ISS when Starfield was announced and is just getting back now and his like detox to get comfortable with Earth life is like, okay, well, I'm putting an hour, a couple hours into Starfield just to yeah. readjust <laughs> to this. Um, I also love the fact that the timeline starts in 2050 because Todd Howard in a very cringy like game press event was on stage talking to Elon Musk, who famously wanted to put men on Mars by 2021. And I like to think that like in a conversation with Elon, like dodging weird questions about white population collapse, he was just like, oh, 2021. Yeah, that was real interesting. I'll put that in there, yeah. And still was just like, yeah, nobody believes that fucking bullshit. <laughs> and started his fantastical sci-fi game in 2050. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's, this is the first landing we're talking about in 2050? Or is it like, yeah. we first have our First humans our on Mars in on 2050. Mars. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And people are living in space. Like I said, I don't know the time exactly, because the average right now is six months. But I, I would say like one full lease in your space apartment is cool. considered permanently living before you get renovicted to Mars or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now, what I'm, I'm this is all speculation here, not even Lorboy's canon. Um, when I was watching parts of the reviews to see how it would probably run on my PC, I heard some of the some the reviewer talking about a few things. I think the technology that allows for interstellar travel in Starfield is called the gravity drive because it is one of the parts on your customizable ship you can um, change out, I believe, and it's a thing that you need to have fuel and shit for. There's like the little the little micro game. Your settlement is your spaceship now. At least for the early game, opposed to, you know, instead of getting Preston Garvey to tell you he needs tomatoes constantly or whatever, <laughs> um, now you just need to get gasoline on some moon somewhere. Yeah. What um, creates flight? It's like the vacuum of air underneath the wings, right? Or something like it's that? A, pressure, it's wing. like a pressure differential. Yeah. Above the wings. So, yeah. yeah. Is it like, I guess you could say like the gravity's, it's doing like that. It's making like a gravity vacuum up. Somewhere Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got a big set of balls in the back of the ship that you've got it all stored in, and then it just <laughs> lets you go. Some streamer, yeah, some streamer uh, recently who had a pre-release code had like sleep timers set because she wanted she landed in the in the in our solar system, and then she was like, "I'm gonna fly to Pluto," and it took seven real life hours to get to the fucking JPEG of Pluto they had in the solar system. <laughs> wow, that's cool. You can do it though. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah I think it's pretty cool. Uh. Uh, so over the next century, uh, humanity would set their sights a little further into further star systems, and by 2156, they would do the most predictable thing and reach Alpha Centauri. Uh, we've mentioned the star system in the past, I think, on Kill Zone, um, but since it's one of the, it's one of its three star, um, stars in the star system, uh, Proxima Centauri is the closest one to our sun. If you're writing, you know, realistic sci-fi. It's absolutely the first place you would go. It would be the least. Yeah, it's it's the nearest one yeah, by yeah. I think by a fair amount too. Didn't it's we like this up, light years? Though? It's like, so like four point no. five million light years away, but oh. it's still, no, it's still four, four light years. Four light. Years. Four four point seven. Excuse me. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah, is like however many hundreds of millions of miles. Yeah. Right. Football fields, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys want to look up, uh, pick up some of the spoiler images I sent, you can see the effect of the gravity drive. It's very 2001 Space Odyssey. looks cool. Yeah. And the style of a Starfield spacesuit and this real astronaut picture that I found. Whenever we look at the Alpha Centauri, the light that we're receiving is uh, Trump was still the president whenever uh, by the time the light got here, you know? Uh, even their their stop the seal on Alpha Centauri as well. I can't fucking believe it. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're just getting all the shitty propaganda. To attempt yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we've got to warn them. <laughs> okay, so the fir- we're looking at the first picture where you zoom into the the first, the first two view. exactly. First yeah. two, okay, and, and then the American flag on uh, on on the faraway planets, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. naturally. Good. And like the very regular, uh, the art style they're going for, which I'll get into, they call NASA punk, which is pretty cool. Um, it's they're taking real spaceflight technology we currently have and just kind of sci-fi sexing it up a little mm-hmm. bit. But I it's like supposed that. to be a very like yeah, utilitarian nice. and practical, um, practical design for everything. I saw one thing in a gameplay video, same review that I was clicking through. Um, they you can go to like a, a tavern on a space station, right? But beer is in a fucking juice box because, because. obviously, <laughs> like boxes are like are so space efficient, right? Like yeah. there's so much empty space in a twelve. Yeah. So your space twelve, right? You'd need I like 
I like that uh, since the U.S. government's cut a lot of the funding to NASA, they had to revert to punk ways, like showing up to uh, to work in like ripped jeans, yeah, and, yeah. And, like band <laughs> shirts, and ripped stuff. knee on your spacesuit, you just get yeah. sucked out, <laughs> yeah, drinking their cheap beer out of juice boxes and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to see like a six packs ring, a six pack ring, but it's all squares because it's got a bunch of juice boxes yeah. hanging <laughs> off of it. <laughs> Turtle probably won't get stuck in that, right? With all uh, the extra the extra uh, area in a square or it'd be like one of those japanese square watermelons you just have a bunch of square japanese it's turtle. in that movie armageddon whenever they're like we have to figure out how to fit the circle s- turtle into the square thing so you can get oxygen back in it you remember that <laughs> i don't remember that <laughs> no, i don't remember that, that was no. the, the, they were losing oxygen and that was the the metaphor they used so we could understand at home uh how the science would work to get more oxygen they had to fit a circle through a square and how that's are they so ever going to do oh, that? Or it's square through a circle, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so fucking funny. I, I love the 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 behind the scenes of um, Ben Affleck talking to Michael Bay about like, why did you teach miners how to be astronauts? Wouldn't it be easier to teach astronauts how to use a drill? You just pointed at the ground, <laughs> and he's just like, "Shut the fuck up, Ben." Was his answer? <laughs> I guess that's a very old movie by now, but I, I enjoyed yeah. it in my childhood. Yeah. Yeah, me too. The Aerosmith track is like corny, but great. Yeah. Um, and another cool. Start to finish. Oh, no. We, we uh, watched it at uh, Ben's birthday party. I remember you were there because we oh, played wow. Frogger in the basement later. There you go. Yeah. I don't, even re- I don't remember. Poor it. memory for Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing Frogger at Ben's place. That's for sure. Yeah. Frogger yeah. and uh, he had Lego Island too. Oh, Love. yeah, he did. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Lego, he might have had like a racer also. Damn. Ben's our rich friend with three <laughs> video games. <laughs> um, and another uh, very NASA inspired um, uh, art. You guys can bring up the second picture. Uh, you can see at least the social skill tree in the review I watched looks like uh, arm patches that you would get as okay, a yeah. as an army guy or as a as an astronaut right it looks mm-hmm. like the the thick material that you do in your chevrons i don't know how they're attached i don't know if they're like you iron on your astronaut patch or some yeah. shit i have no idea but very i mean the the font and the uh the actual drawings themselves are like very uh pixel art style i think like the 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 drawings of the um like the perks i guess that you unlock as you play yeah. uh are very pixel art style kind of reminiscent of like um Curse of the Obra Dinn or or like which is like a more modern one but to me yeah. it really screams like those like 1970s or I guess like 1980s 1990s NASA computers right with like the green green font on black yeah. background exactly, exactly. Yes. yeah I think it's a callback so, to that maybe something I find interesting too like just based on this screenshot it looks like leveling up your abilities is going to be more like uh Elder Scrolls and less like fo- fallout where you have you just get level ups and you assign points this it looks like there's a challenge once you complete the challenge which is succeed in three speech challenges then you're 10 percent better at persuading people so probably by doing things you get better uh directly by what you're doing rather than get xp and assign your your points like in fallout Yeah. And I've heard the character build in this is much more restri- restrictive than in Fallout or in Skyrim. So like you do build towards a certain job and do things in certain ways, opposed to just being the jack of all trades kind okay. of blob that you end up as in Skyrim. And for some nerd who kind of likes restrictions on stuff like that, the most excited 
the the thing I'm most excited to try out in Starfield right now is just the character sheet that is going to force me <laughs> to do things a certain way. Which I think Are you going to build a driller that becomes an astronaut or an astronaut? You better fucking believe it. Yeah. yeah. Zero int. <laughs> Mr. Mole with knives for hands. <laughs> Rocket stone, brother. Oh, I should, yeah, exactly. I should just make Steve Buscemi from that movie and go crazy. Um, a lot of the artwork in the game's marketing and in a lot of the trailers evokes this very specific post-moon landing 19 1970s U.S. government stylization. Uh, fonts and other texts share a lot with the NASA Worm logo, which is the red one that would be the, the their NASA current one. Is, worm logo. What are you yeah. talking? <laughs> it's about? called the Worm. Official. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, it's, it's the just, older one. It's just the way they spell NASA with like uh, wormy letters. Yeah, exactly. It's called. The oh, worm. I know what you're talking about. People have that T-shirt all the time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the NASA logo currently has been replaced by like the globe with the check mark in it where it says NASA um, right. or like whatever. I guess it would be the star, sun, the night sky circle. But in the 70s, this was officially called the worm. Uh, now, listener, it's, if this is your. F- sorry, it's back. It's back, by the way. It's I, a secondary I, one. Yeah, I looked up NASA worm logo. It was discontinued and like NASA.gov top hit on uh, NASA worm logo is the worm is back exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. All right. Is it back? They're excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> For the art, you're, you better be drawing lore boys, Starfield and worm. Logo. Yeah. I love fun. Yeah. So it should be me, you and Jamie as a worm, as a yeah. worm, each of us forming the NAS and then Todd Howard as the last day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Let's keep making this art more and more hard and intricate as we go. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did write a personal, personal note to myself yesterday while i was writing the script it just says 1970s nasa style guide no matter what so i was okay. we're already on the same wavelength for that one. okay good. now if this Let's is your first episode length. mister um i will be using the next couple of minutes to kind of go off on a relevant tangent that i think is personally interesting it's germane i, fa- I found out that this part of the federal government logo design it's uh, so there's going to be a youtube video linked for the patrons in the episode picks channel um and i'll send it to you guys afterwards you can watch it after we're done recording uh, where I found out that of all presidents, new friend of the show, Richard Milhouse Nixon, was a huge patron Tricky. of the arts. And Tricky, thought, Dick. Tricky Dick thought art was very important to politics. So the YouTube video that um, I referenced talks about uh, Nixon's friend, very good friend, Leonard Garment, who was a lawyer and a jazz musician. And they worked together. He was just like... Oh, you've got to you, you've got to put money into the arts here. Um, in a memo that it was sent uh, to Nixon from Garment, uh, he wrote, "By providing dramatically increased support for cultural activities, you may gain an increased respect from groups that have hitherto not been favorable to this administration." So, so he was just like, "Just give free crayons to hippies, Dick." Yeah, that's like, it. Yeah, it's good old yeah, Lenny. Su- support support jazz, and you'll get the black vote, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, my jazz friends call me Lenny Clothes, not Leonard Garment. <laughs> Leonard Garment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to be the name of my character in Starfield is Lenny Clothes. Lenny Clothes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I think is the entire memo to Nixon is available on the NixonFoundation.org, uh, which as a primary source that I've gone to recently has the best opening paragraph when explaining like oh why did nixon think art was so important and uh, i got this is the second quote for the episode here but it's the last one so bear with me 
In 2013, Oscar winner and House of Cards superstar Kevin Spacey shared some favorable words for Richard Nixon while shedding some light on the efforts of the president to extend federal support to the National Endowment of the Arts, which celebrated its 50th anniversary today. Um, and this has remained unchanged since September 29th, 2015. The Nixon Foundation was just like, ah, should we check what's up with Kevin Spacey these days, or should we just leave this quote from him on our website? It's like, nah, just leave it nah, there. Nah, he's fine. Yeah. Everyone yeah. was playing Fallout 4. That's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Way exactly. too distracted, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's that's the end of the tangent there, just about like the style guide for Starfield. Like, technically goes back to Richard Nixon somehow, which is just like such an interesting little setup there. And of all the, the presidents to be like super supportive of the arts, it's odd that it is a Republican one because the only two presidents who have tried to cut funding to the national endowments of the arts were a uh, friend of the show, Ronald Reagan, and of course, Donald Trump. They were just like, no, 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 none of this is important for politics. So I'm glad the, the Hollywood presidents were the two that specifically were just like, art is not important. It's just like, oh, really? I mean, in so many ways, like what Richard Nixon did with the Watergate scandal, and we're very tanned right now, I understand. Uh, what Richard Nixon did with the Watergate scandal kind of paved the way for Republicans like Reagan to kind of do what they did, where you just like subvert democracy and undermine, yeah. you know, elections and all this stuff. Um but I mean, politics was very different at the time, right? Like there, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't like this culture of like everyone knew everything all the time. Yeah. So you, you had to be like a very charming, very charismatic person. And like if a bad rumor got started about you, it could really, you know, really hurt your chances. So like you had yeah. to be a lot more cautious with stuff that people really care about, which is from like, the from the perspective of the next closest galaxy to the Alpha Centauri, uh, Nixon is still president. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. long it takes for like to travel. <laughs> no, quickly, we need to get a message back to Earth. We need to tell Nixon's goons to get out of the Watergate Hotel. I hope it reaches him in time. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get into a little bit more about the National Endowment for the Arts and a hell of a lot more into Starfield here uh, just after the break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so while the National Endowment for the Arts was started under Lyndon B. Johnson, the man who replaced JFK for reasons we'll never understand, mm -hmm. uh, Nixon was the guy who really got it going. Uh, he appointed a woman named Nancy Hanks, who I was guaranteed was Tom Hanks' mom. Like in my head when I was writing this, just because she's like plugged into Hollywood, Tom Hanks for some fucking reason is is the butt of a ton of conspiracies these really? days. And I was like, uh, a lot of these people are like, yeah, he's supposed to be like the face of the New World Order because people trust Tom Hanks, I think, is 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 the current thing. That's why. But a lot of famous people who get involved 
like their parents were have been involved. Like a lot of people who are involved in the U.S. government uh, are legacy hires. There's not a whole lot of new blood uh, in that uh, in that organization, right? Yeah, that's fair. And Hollywood as well, like nepo babies and shit. Sure. Like yeah. Tom Hanks has his own too, from his right nut and his left nut. Call very different. Wait, Tom very yeah. much are like the like the the dark and the light in Tom Hanks, right? Like that. It's very yeah. much yes, is exactly. like the in the ego, just like like come manifest. Yeah. <laughs> this <Chet and> Colin <laughs> Hanks. Tom Hanks, T H. Todd Howard, T H. What's it all mean, man? Oh, oh mean. my god. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and then anyway, so Tom Hanks' mother, floor vice canon, Nancy Hanks, during her eight-year term, managed to get the budget increased from $8 million to $114 million per year. That's so a big... this project as a whole, it's fucking massive, yeah. Uh, so this project as a whole is the source of all the very cool 1970s U.S. government art and design. Um, and then a lot of that obviously gets transferred into the sci-fi stylings of Starfield, which I guess have abo- avoided the boring NASA period of time and just were like all 70s the whole way here. Um, and also, the other good thing is that since the timeline starts in 2050, that means Richard Nixon's love of the arts and uh, Lenny Close are canon in the game as well. Sure. So now we get back to our official game timeline here. Uh, shortly after arriving in the Alpha Centauri system, humanity establishes a new government calling itself the United Colonies, or UC, which is what I'm going to call it. Uh, and a year later, uh, New Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn it. laughs> Damn it. Got him. Only took uh, me a minute yeah. to get there, but I was like, there's something. Yeah. <laughs> I was going like, you see this bad game trailer? You see that? No, no, none of the, You yeah. got to go right for these nuts. Keep it simple. Yeah, just yeah. keep yeah. it simple, man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Keep it simple. Yes. Yeah. Keep it simple with a C. Yes, these yeah. nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the first city established in 2161 is called New Atlantis. And I love them calling it this because. Uh, current Atlantis is famous for being stable, still existing, and having good government, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> we're like, oh, we're on the frontiers of space. What's a great name? Like, it's like, I can't believe New Titanic got us <laughs> all the way out of Alpha <laughs> right? Centauri, yeah. right? It's like, oh, the curse yeah. is lifted. Atlantis, the original Watergate. <laughs> this this will be our magnum opus star station we call it the fall of the roman empire Um, yeah, so they built New Atlantis in 2161. Uh, in 2167, a man named Solomon Coe settled a new territory, which be that, that he named uh, Cheyenne, uh, with its capital being Aquila City. So um, pre-release Pete doesn't know exactly if these settlements are new settlements on planets, planets entirely, or solar systems. I think... An entire settlement is like one habitable planet like Earth, but your settlement would be the soul system. Um, because when the UC sets up a space station called the Clinic to make sure Cheyenne wasn't getting too free and easy, the outpost they built is specifically called a star station instead of a space station or like a satellite or something sure. like that. So that's just inferring from what, what I know so I far. Was curious. Cheyenne itself is a soul. I was curious. System. I didn't look up exactly what you asked, but I looked up how many planets are going to be in Starfield. And says Bethesda Starfield players have an entire galaxy with over a thousand planets to uh, to explore across a hundred different star systems, all with their unique weather species and characteristics. So this thing is going to be massive, huge, That's big. pretty big. It's yeah. 
It and part of that that you had mentioned earlier on is like I'm really concerned. Like, how many barren moons am I gonna yeah. be yeah. wandering around on and not encountering anything? How many at all, Jurassic right? Park we, we like they had in No Man's Sky, where it's just <laughs> yeah. like a giraffe yeah, with exactly. dumbass legs? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope. I obviously I haven't heard it yet, but um, because they always always make me laugh. Uh, the recorder cover of the Starfield theme, please and That'll thank happen. you. Whenever that's I ready, I haven't just heard send the Starfield theme, but I'm looking forward to it. Me neither. Me neither. Looking forward but to the recorder. recorder. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna love it. <laughs> so the system of Cheyenne is named after the Native American people who used to live in and around uh, Wyoming, Montana, and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know, First Nations tended to have very flexible borders, but the Wikipedia page does not have a map of where the Cheyenne used to live. There is still Cheyenne, Wyoming, the city, so I'm assuming it's around that area. But anyway, and and like I know they talk about it, uh, the HBO show Deadwood, which I've recommended a million times, they talk about Cheyenne a lot, which is like a close-by territory, because uh, Deadwood is set in one of Mont- the Dakotas. Or basically. Dakota. Um, I will say, I looked up uh, the Cheyenne people. Uh, they have a great flag, uh, and... Double double feature. Their flag looks like a quest marker in a video game. So. Oh, <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I like that. it's like they, a, it's a it's a square in like the diamond position essentially, oh, with yeah. like four lines in the middle of each side of the square. Like reminds me of Destiny yeah. Two quest markers for some reason. Yeah. Even though I haven't played it in ages, it reminds. It's just me of you look at it. You're like that. Uh, yeah. I'm a gamer. I, that's a quest. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, that new uh, telescope. I'm forgetting the James Webb telescope. Yeah. they found a distant galaxy that looks like a question mark, uh, which looks oh, yeah. like a question. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's very good, and it's like cl- very clearly a question mark from our point of view. It's it's very good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I mean, but back when oh that question mark was Ford, God. obviously Gerald Ford was still president, yeah. just like a question mark. Right? That's yeah. so cool. I guess everything's big enough, you'll find one eventually, but it's yeah. so cool that we have such a clear picture. Yeah. That's why there's so many question marks in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the questions are always yeah, bigger. Don't Texas. question Texas. But check in on Texas. <laughs> <laughs> don't question. And then the uh, capital city of Cheyenne now is called Aquila, which is Latin and Arabic and means eagle. So the old west like frontier theme of this new of this new star system settlement is like in the whole thing. Um, in 2188, Solomon Co. invited another new colony called Voli to hang out and eventually become the Free Star Collective in 2189. I looked up the etymology of Voli. It's like Latin for volley, which I don't think is right. So I was just like, I, I definitely am not on track for this one. If somebody wants to try and pull up a better clip, that would okay. be great. Voli to want wish. So Free Star Collective, we're starting to get like the UC is going to be the the big government. Freestar Collective is going to have their own wants and needs. I'm starting to feel out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Strangely enough, Jamie, my, the next sentence is: uh, This is when the UC started to get a little nervous and began setting up the Clinic Star right. Station, orbiting a different planet called Depala in the Narian system, because. Yes, uh, it's like, we've already got a big government, guys. You don't need your own rights and everything like that on your own different cool. planets. We can just universally govern one way, right? Uh, and the Freestar Collective was just like, spit, like, whatever, spit towards a spittoon, but since there's Zero no G. gravity, the spittoon's just on the wall. Yeah, it's like, it's like, or like spinning in, in Zero G's, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I always think it'd be like Central Vac, like it would like fly oh. and then it would just get hit like a... 
like into a section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah NASA has a, is famous for constructing the 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 zero G spittoon. Yeah. Every spittoon in space has like a tiny uh, like stable black hole in it, so that like whenever yes, you spit, yeah. it, it'll just suck it right in, right? Yeah. <laughs> Richard Nixon's best friends were a jazz musician and then like a frontier miner from the nineteenth century. So that's why he implemented these two policies. Yeah, yeah the black hole never grows because of hawking radiation little bits of spit are come out as yeah, data yeah exactly. it's, it's, yeah 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 oh yeah. i see yeah yeah of chewed tobacco i'm sure <laughs> that's what he was talking yeah, about when you when you spit at a at a space <laughs> spittoon there's a 50 50 chance that the just the tobacco gets destroyed and you just end up with a gob of spit left over or oh, just yeah. the spit gets destroyed and you end up with some good tobacco that you can chew again Oh, yeah, it's a tobacco <laughs> recycling. Yeah, they, they figured out how to nail the coin flip and it just recycles tobacco <laughs> at the other end. That'd be awesome. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have to be, you have such limited um, limited storage in space. The best thing to do is because you can only bring up so much dip because yeah. it's $15,000 per gram of dip. Yeah, and, and the dip tins aren't, aren't circular, they're square. Uh, <laughs> you get little dip juice boxes with yeah. a straw. Yeah. <laughs> dip, reuse, dip. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> all right yeah well i got it. dip reuse dip yep it's a good system <laughs> so um the people of no speaking of systems um the star system people of narian saw this move as the uc trying to expand its borders they were right uh and in response they decided to threaten to join the free star collective sure yeah so they were like look we're happy to pay space taxes, whatever the government system is up there right now. But like, it really does seem like you just want to control us, and we're everything doing everything you already told us. Uh, the UC refused to move the clinic. This is what they called the, the star station, and brought in a fleet of starships to really prove that they weren't trying to uh, aggressively keep tags <laughs> yeah. on other colonies <laughs> in the area. If you don't trust us, we'll show you our army. Here it is. Yeah. They're all just here. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, know, you can see them. You know, you can see they're not doing anything. This is like a right dirt on your doorstep. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dirt farmer <laughs> happily farming dirt, and they have a gun to his head. It's like, what are you doing, man? Uh, Basically, uh, yeah. Hey, look, the UC gets uh, 8% of all the dirt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> To launch back up to the clinic. <laughs> um, so obviously, um, Narian joined the Free Stars uh, because the UC did exactly what they had asked them mm -hmm. not to do. Uh, and then the Free Stars, uh, or the, excuse me, the Free Star Collective brought in their own fleet of ships to defend their new course, colony beginning the Narian War, right? So much like the, at least I don't know when they would have written this, but it has this really familiar real world taste to it. Much like the war in Afghanistan in our timeline, the Narian War drags on for 20 years and the public just does not support it or respect anybody involved in it at all anymore. And I mean, just like, we need I'm fine, with the, free, to I'm fine with the free stars, right? Which I, I mean, I guess in this instance is Afghanistan, which is weird to say. Uh, but Oh, yeah. The, the brave fighters of the Mujahideen, yeah, right? <laughs> not the fan of the Taliban, but I, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm fans of the people on the planet that are there just like, we just want to fucking farm our dirt in peace. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I looked up Narian because I'd seen that as another gamer tag of someone I used to play with. Apparently, John Narian was an English astronomical writer in the 1700s into the 1800s. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Very cool. I, I, they're definitely doing the, uh, the Mass Effect thing of having what I think is very realistically ships and places named after real mm -hmm. people. Like uh, Hugo Gernsback is in a side quest in Mass Effect 2, and I, that struck me as a silly name that's at the time, name. but I've since learned who that's he was. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that guy in Oblivion that's like kind of like elfy looking, and he has like uh, a funny voice, 
uh, all the elves. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's this one character that keeps coming back in Bethesda games. Apparently, they've put him in Starfield as well, and I can't remember the name of him because I never played. Oh, him. the fan, the adoring That's right. fan. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 By Azura. There dude. we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so after um, the idea that the UC, you know, squashing the dirt farmers wasn't exactly this historic uh, or this heroic project, uh, the Narian Treaty was signed uh, in 2216. So 20 years on the dot, cool. basically. Uh, and the universal term for new colonies was agreed upon. Now they call human colonies and their star systems settled systems. That's it. Okay. Um, there are a few other caveats with the treaty that we'll get into later, but for the, for the moment... People are burnt out on war. They don't like it anymore. Okay. You said um, human settlements. There are there no... aliens at this point? Are there aliens in the game at all? No. So there is still no alien contact at this okay. point, And I have no idea if there will in the be game. in cool. game. This is not well, something I looked up because I don't want to fucking spoil yeah. it. I mean, and, as someone who yeah. just looked up how many planets and it said all with their own unique weather species and characteristics. No, uh, well, I think it could be so. goofy giraffes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Like, in, like, could you play... Uh, you know, a Vulcan or, or a Romulan or whatever. Um, or a, or yeah. an elf. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or a giraffe yeah. body oh, with elf. crocodile legs. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Can I please, please, yeah. uh, Todd, please? <laughs> Honestly, give the modders... Fuck. What, the game's out on Thursday? Sunday morning. Yeah. Thomas the Tank Engine will yeah, be in the game. You'll, you'll be and then with that maybe plays with a bug. crocodile legs. By next week. And so the crocodiles um, can yeah, reach all no, those high up fish or whatever crocodiles eat, right? Flying yeah, fish, exactly. right? Yes, to grab yeah. them. Like that. Um, yeah, so th- that was my next thing here is there is no, I mean, alien contact. I, I did mean specifically civilizations. There is no contact or conflict with alien races at this time. It's just like, Regular frontier shit, you know, maybe your kid gets eaten by a mountain lion, but you're in space this time. Stuff like that. Gotta wait for the DLC when they add the flood in the Covenant or whatever they'll do. (laughs) 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 That seems to be like the same three types of aliens that come up in all these space. Like in in Destiny, they do that. It's the Hive and the... Yeah. Well, there's a few of them, but the Hive is basically the flood. And then, yeah, the Covenant are like, maybe not quite. Yeah, well, there's usually like humanoid alien. Yeah. Robot. Parasite yeah. alien are like the are the three. And I don't know what they're going to get into, if anything, in this. But at this point in the in the 2200s, in the 23rd century, there is no civilized alien contact yet. And I guess nobody has asked the giant crabs on some moon if they have a culture. So at, to- at time of writing. Mm-hmm. Right. So following the treaty, the Freestar Rangers are formed as a peacekeeping and investigative organization serving the people of the Freestar Collective. So they set up their own spooks, basically their own FBI. And then Constellation is then formed in 2275 by a man named Sebastian Banks. Uh, This, I think, is the most important organization to the player, since after whatever gets the plot in motion, uh, you are asked to join Constellation. It's your The Hero Is You organization, basically, at this point. That's the same thing as The Last of Us, right? They're little uh, fireflies. fireflies. I thought it was Constellation for some reason. Okay. No, no, you're getting confused with thousands of nights, uh, the su- thousands of stars in the sky, uh, but they're not ten thousand. Okay, oh, yeah. oh, right, 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 right. Beep, boop, it's a different boop, map, boop, right? Boop, boop. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, exactly, and yeah, of course, and uh, constellation is based out of Owl City. It's some new settlement. The home base for Constellation is built and is called the Lodge and is set up in the still existing New Atlantis. 
Um, and the head of the organization at the time of the game in 2330 is a woman named Sarah Morgan. Not going to get into her because she's an actual character. No spoilers for this sure. one. Um, this stabilizes things out in the Starfields for a while until 2308 uh, when the Free Star Collective starts farming landfields on the planet of Vesta. Uh, the UC sees this as the Free Stars establishing a new colony, which the Narian Treaty forbid. So they straight up are going after the dirt farmers at this point. <laughs> and in response to the dirt farmers, uh, the UC lays siege to the planet after the diplomats fail to get anything fucking done, and this starts the colony war. Cool. So they really are going to go go to go to war. A quick this. thing for, about the gameplay: uh, Pete told me this in the car yesterday. It was like that id helped uh, with the gunplay in the game, helped polish everything, which are the folks who did the gun stuff at Doom. Obviously, um, they, they made, made Doom. Doom yeah. Right, yeah, so which guns shoot pretty good and fun in doom so hopefully shoot pretty good and fun in starfield as well oh yeah 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 i've seen some pretty cool gun models uh there's one i i've always found this cool even in destiny which i'm not like a big big fan of the uh one of the revolvers you can get in starfield the whole chamber comes out cool so you replace the entire thing for for your like space six shooter and it just looks, looks like a really like satisfying huh. mechanism to screw around i always with. love the six shooters like the hand cannons that kill in one shot but you have to be yeah. accurate on the head that's like yeah. my favorite guns yeah. yeah and credit where credit's due for fallout 4 even though the shooting didn't have like the id polish that they're at least marketing again i haven't got my hands on it um they didn't feel perfect, but the gun designs in Fallout 4 are really fucking cool. Yeah. Like, the gun artists at Bethesda do really good work, and this, you know, very utilitarian, practical sci-fi mm -hmm. world with very utilitarian, practical-looking guns. Like, everything's made of that white NASA plastic, yeah. right? And that's, like, a really yeah. cool... Pete, he has a, cool a model theme. of uh, energy rifle on the wall behind him, uh, just out of school. I, it's yeah. it's behind my fridge <laughs> right now, which I've moved into the middle of the room while I fix my floor. <laughs> I do have that, yes. <laughs> um, the UC would kill anyone defending uh, Vesta or anyone new who arrived to try and defend it. I don't know what the UC's play is going to be in the game, but the fact that they are going after people making their own food... I think they might be like early villains before a twist villain or maybe overall villains because this is like people feeding themselves to say fucking insane thing to start a war after a war over right <laughs> yeah probably like every Bethesda game there's going to be positives and negatives there's going to be some asshole on the FSC yeah. that, and it looks really bad from the outside and maybe he is or maybe he has his own reasons yeah. and there'll be reasons to side with everyone yeah hopefully. I mean yeah. they they are a fan of the and it is kind of funny like they are a fan of the morally gray um but even in skyrim when you have like these daedric princes who are like objectively evil it's like you you never really get the these are the objectively good guys right yeah. like even yeah. the even the gods who are who seem good are the, the the ones who are apparently good are just completely absent except for the occasional shrine which gives you like a buff for the next 20 minutes yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. and like yeah in like skyrim you have to side with either ulfric or the or the city of the skyrim empire. or the empire of skyrim of, uh, of everywhere yeah. yeah and it's basically it's like the racists or like the people who are just or oppressing the, the everyone yeah, exactly. yeah it's Colonizer. like what do you do yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it both sucks but i usually i i'd love to see the morally gray explanation as to why uh, starting a war with somebody trying to grow their own vegetables is 
actually the reason to sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I'm open. I'm open to hearing. I'm open to hearing both sides, man. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play uh, whatever Jimmy Pants, the centrist. <laughs> yeah, when exactly. I go through it, I'll just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. hear it, actually. Or maybe this game will be like so detailed and fun. You can just ignore the war and go to another star system and have a good time in one of the thousand other yeah. planets. And, uh, I mean, it's. Let me profit off the food uh, wars. That's yeah. it's, it's funny because you said like in Skyrim, like you have to choose the like the Empire or the the Stormcloaks. Um, but that's not the main quest, right? Like the main no. quest is the Great Beards of the Voice yeah. and defeating Alduin, the, the the world eater, right? So true. Uh, that's, that's true. like, and that is one that I think like the first time I played it, it like that quest line where you're you're deciding which faction to side with feels in a lot of ways like the main quest. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like it, there's a lot of attention given to it. There's a ton of missions. There's like the overworld kind of missions where you can like capture forts and things like that uh which adds like extra layers to to skyrim i guess but um yeah feels like it if there's if there's factions and faction quest lines in starfield i'm sure they'll everybody remembers the dark brotherhood more than the main quest right like i'm sure the the faction the faction main quest if they're if they have lengthy quests behind them in in starfield i'm pretty sure i'll probably be like super super memorable compared to generally Bethesda's main quest of just like you know find some alien bullshit yeah exactly. and like who wants to control yeah. it sort of thing right I hope there's not too yeah. much of uh like when you kind of get to the end of Skyrim and you've like completed like let's say the Dark Brotherhood quest then it's like you have like Darkness Begins or something like that or one of these quests that you basically could just do over and over and over again. And it's like, go kill this one person, come back, go do this, yeah. come back. And it's just, it's randomly generated, uh, unfulfilling story wise, just like kind of busy work. And I hope there's not too much of that with the scale of the universe. Like I hope things feel like fun to do. And like, maybe you encounter, maybe they have a hundred quests and you can encounter them in different ways on the thousand different planets. So that way you're still getting like properly written story. But I hope it doesn't, you don't get to planet three and you've exhausted everything because you went too far from the main quest. And it's like, yeah, yeah like, to kill one guy on some rock out in the middle of nowhere. And that's like the only repeatable yeah, content. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't know. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they pull it off because it's, it's a definitely going to be a challenge. But Skyrim had a couple of good types, like assassination, dragon hunts, different other rumors. Like, like hopefully it's improved since then because I did do a lot of the dragon hunts in Skyrim. Okay, right? I thought they were. Yeah. You just like go talk to somebody. It's like, does a dragon causing trouble? I'm like, honestly, these are always yeah, fun. I, like it's always worse. even when they get way too easy. Me, right? yeah, I can I can kind of go both ways. Which like what like famously like Fallout Four. What I think they did wrong was the like the I think the fort building and the building stuff was like a really interesting mechanic that I would have wanted to play around with sometimes. Then the fact that they shoehorned it into the main quest line, so you had to go gather materials and build the stuff. I was like, no, yeah. this ruins it now, right? So like, I and yeah. I, I kind of agree with Pete. Where sometimes I will pick up a game like Skyrim, and I'll be like, yeah, I just want to like, I just want to go do Dark Brother missions. You know what I mean? Like, I, right. I do kind of like that. I want to just like, I want to role play that I am this character and like believe that. And I could, I could so see myself in Starfield being like, yeah, I want to be a bounty hunter. Like, yeah, I just want to go claim some bounties. I want to go like hunt some people. And like, I think that will be the thing that gets me to that like that, you know mostly at 90% empty moon orbiting some planet, right? Is like right. Yeah. I gotta go here for this target. And now I'm here and it's like this is a beautiful place. I'm just gonna like poke around a little bit and explore. Okay. And, you know? I um, can kind of see it that way too, but but I, I hope it's there, yeah. I hope there is good written stuff and not just all procedurally yeah. generated too. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Like it's like um yeah. David yeah. David yeah. uh friend of the show David um bought bought me uh Kenshi for my birthday, I guess uh, a little while ago. Um which I haven't played yet, but it is very much a 
like an open world like it's an open world sandbox rpg so it's essentially just like hey here's this big open world very fleshed out a lot of detail to it but there isn't really a story you just kind of go through it and role play and make your own story um which sometimes like that is daunting to me to to like take on a whole a whole game of that uh i haven't started it yet it's been on my wish list for a long time because i do want to try it um but i don't know if i will eventually just be like oh no like like some days i'm like oh man i don't want to like have to think up the story myself as i'm like going through this you know what i mean but um sometimes i like it sometimes i like the opposite where i'm like yeah just give me a thing to just give me a bunch of quests in a row to do right yeah 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 um yeah again it's it's all speculative but I'm looking looking very forward to it. Uh, we're almost towards the end of the timeline here and almost ready to just get get straight into the game and start going to Baron Moons. <laughs> um, so yeah, the UC would kill anybody, just to recap, the UC would kill anybody uh, defending Vesta or anybody that showed up, and this war would just continue until 2311, where during the Battle of Cheyenne, the Free Stars managed to take down a heavily armored and armed UC battleship with only civilian spaceships. Um, so the war ended there. They were just like, okay, like we can't do space guerrilla warfare we're just going to end this war here however later on the uc started the vanguard which is their very own civilian navy (laughs) which is just like oh yeah we've heavily armed our population too smart guy (laughs) it's like the most insane fucking thing to do right also the government like hiring basically human shields as well like like un unenlisted human shields opposed to like what a regular army would be right (laughs) Um, there are no major wars now between um, the Battle for Cheyenne or the Battle of Cheyenne in 2311 and when the game starts in 2330. By the looks of it, the, less, the next 19 years were quite peaceful and pretty good for humanity. A lot of the major characters, or what I'm understanding to be major characters from the game, start to leave their old lives behind. So there are rangers, there are ex-pirates, there are bounty hunters, politicians. Uh, I read about one character who's a theologian who, if written properly... A theologian in space is a really fucking cool idea to me of like, cause we're out there to find God. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know. I'm like just inventing a quest line in my head now, but I'm like, cool that they specifically mentioned this theologian joining constellation in like the 20, 29, 20s yeah. or whatever. Well, right. I'm all, all reference outer worlds one more time, I guess this episode, which I mean, it was written by obsidian. Oh, the yeah. The, like Vicar Max yeah. was, I think one of the more compelling characters too, where it's like, Oh yeah. What is, what is space and what does religion yeah. look like in this like, like hyper future. Right. Yeah, yeah, and like the more grounded nature of the technology and a lot of the stuff in Starfield, I'm like, this could just be a regular university professor you recognize today, now in this now yeah. joining Constellation as like the as the you know, um, I think uh, it was called like Watchmaker Theory is like is non creationism where God just like starts the universe yeah. four billion uh- years ago at the exact same time. Like that guy looking for God might be a really compelling idea or like very good character lore that I'm, we'll learn about as i didn't we go. think your watchmaker was going to be uh where you went with that but that's cool yeah because i i know like yeah he just winded up the clock and it's like well yeah yeah sort like of that one of the arguments for god is how complex the human eye is i thought that it was going to be like that it's like how complex yeah. the human watch is the human watch is. <laughs> yes <laughs> nature could never create something as beautiful as the watch without god <laughs> It's like literally made by humans. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like metal and plastic. There's a David Attenborough voiceover that's like panning wide shot of a beach as it swoops in. All these little eggs on it hatches. Tiny little watches <laughs> popping. Little pocket watches. <laughs> 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 yeah, got birds. Uh, Magpies, uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Baby watch takes a licking and keeps on ticking. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> that is good, yeah. I, I love how, like, when a baby watch hatches, you'd know exactly how old it was because it would just be on oh, the face, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> the babies have incubated for 90 days in the wet sand <laughs> and are now... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Out of these 1,000 planets, I hope there Wait, is a... Wet how do they planet. move, though? Maybe they don't have glass on the front, so the second hand, like, keeps grabbing like, the sand and pulling the forward. Like, I was... <laughs> yeah, I was imagining them like clams. You know how, like, clams swim in SpongeBob? Like, the little oh, pinchy okay. thing? Okay. I imagine them, like, hopping down like, the pocket is, watch by, like, opening... This is because I've been yeah. picturing a pocket watch with, like, a gold chain and, like, slithering like a snake with the gold chain going behind. Wow. <laughs> okay, interesting. Yeah, Depending okay. on which of the thousand planets you land on in the Lore Boys yeah, universe, exactly. you'll get a <laughs> yeah. different baby watch. Yeah. They're gonna be, like, kind of, like, whatever. It's like, I can't believe they rewatched the pocket watch model from the clan planet <laughs> on the snake <laughs> planet. They're just recycling parts. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, um, the, 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 after the battle for Cheyenne, a lot of the lore is just leading up to the game of important people doing important things and joining Constellation. So now, presumably, it is up to you and your barely human looking character to, uh, become the most important person, um, out in the star. I'm going to do it. But, uh, that's I'm gonna it. I'm going to be, yep. uh, what was it? Lenny Johnny Clove. Pants. Johnny Pants. <laughs> Jimmy Pants. Lenny Clothes. Yeah, if, you, yeah. if you're a fan and you want to join us, name yourself a uh, funny nickname. Band. Yeah. <laughs> nickname Garment. There you go. You put it together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I'm uh, Lenny Garment, uh, Pocket Watch. <laughs> and the UC is coming for... In Fallout 4, I've been playing as uh, Texas Red. Uh, who's in the song okay, Big good. Iron. Big Iron on your hip, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I've been your uh, speculating host, Peter O'Donoghue. You can find me on Instagram, at Podcast, uh, or on the Discord linked below. Big shout out to our new patrons. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash TheLoreBoys. Um, and hopefully, um, I'm excited to try. Hopefully I like it, and there's going to be a lot more Starfield in the future. Um, if it uh, if it jives with the boys, man. But uh, looking up this, this this official timeline from Bethesda's site, I think they got something pretty good here. A lot of dominoes lined up right now. I'm, I'm curious to see where they go to, basically. Yep. But, uh, fellas, uh, where can we find you and ask you about Star? Well, I'm hoping it's good. Uh, if you are new to the show, a lot of our stuff goes on uh, in the Discord. So discord.gg slash loreboys, L-O-R-E-B-O-Y-S. Uh, if you hop in there, that's where the community's at. That's where you can get access to us. Um, and if you are on Patreon as one of our subs, you get access to even more stuff like the pictures we talked about today, like a place where you can ask questions, uh, where we'll answer you directly. Um, loser titles game where all the funny jokes will come out ahead of time where you can guess what we're talking about, uh, and a special chat for all those folks. So discord's the best way to interact with us. I think across all of our platforms and discord.gg slash lore boys, uh, is where you'll find me and Ethan. Best way to make requests as well if you want us to cover anything. We have a request channel, which is uh, that's where I get basically all my ideas from. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, If you want to help the show, best way to do it is leave us a review or tell your friends about it. Uh, We had a great wholesome story from longtime listener, friend of the show, uh, Jester, about them introducing it to one of their friends and Hmm. their friend having a great time with us calling uh, a character from the Magic Gathering plane of Ixalan, the Dalai Lama, if he threw hands. Uh, so uh, I don't remember, I remember that. that. That was very funny. That was Ethan's line. That was a good one. That was a good one. I think it was a pre-written joke too. So I'm, yeah. I was especially proud. Um, no, yeah. So like that's just goes to show you. This is like that's the only way we can possibly grow grow the show is uh, is with your guys' help. Uh, we don't advertise. We don't do anything like that. So 
Uh, really, you guys just telling people you think might like it is the best way to do it. If you have somebody yeah. you know who's excited for Starfield, if you want to send them this episode, that'd be that'd be great. That'd be fantastic. Lord knows it's going to be a long time till the next Todd Howard release where we try and catch SEO, <laughs> yeah, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need you guys to help us out in the meantime. We yeah, yeah. probably Elder Scrolls Six when I'm 41 yeah. is probably not going to have the same vibe yeah, as this episode. We're pretty old. We're going to be goddamn old when we get there. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly plug uh, Sea of Stars because they're uh, indie dev ca- Quebec based and they deserve it. Um, oh, cool. It's their cool. second game. So small studio. If you are interested in old turn-based JRPG style, uh, check out Sea of Stars. Uh, and if you want to support our show, uh, Peter, you mentioned it, but patreon.com slash Deloreboys. If you don't want to spend the money on Sea of Stars, you can spend your money on us instead where you get access to the bonus content where I'll talk about Sea of Stars a little bit more. Yep. Talk about uh other video games pete gives his review of blasphemous 2 and uh hey don't give it all don't give it up for free dude what the hell just, just trying to sell <laughs> yeah. this shit it's we've got or yeah, we've got like <laughs> about 80 episodes up of extra content ranging from like uh 25 minutes to 45 minutes usually so uh yeah. usually on the longer side so if you if you like this kind of stuff uh there's just a whole big pool of it waiting for you uh just in the next star system and all you need is three dollars to just get three bucks yeah. away yeah exactly yeah. Uh, so check it out. And of course, if you don't trust Patreon, we do have uh, um, Lower Boys Prime, which I forgot. It's been so long since we recorded. I forgot what we, we had. We've been covering. Uh, it's been tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lower Boys Prime, of course, uh, this week, we, I mean, we do have something very, very special. Um, so we've kidnapped Todd Howard and uh, <laughs> we are forcing him to make Elder Scrolls because uh, yeah. he keeps saying that he actually does very little of the actual uh programming but we're not taking that as an excuse so uh anybody who who sends us uh money uh this week for our our lawyer fees which are are uh sure to be coming up soon and going to be going to be big for sure uh anybody who sends us that will get access to uh theological six whenever we do which which (laughs) presumably will be sooner (laughs) what's what hod has been able to put together it looks a lot like spore with giraffes with with crocodile legs yeah yeah uh, exactly with our direction and his uh coding ability uh we'll get there i'm sure yeah i mean yeah we we have (laughs) management experience uh including hod towered so we're all we're you know we're not creators. We're just the the middleman pencil pushers. So we're getting stuff done really fast. I oh, think yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty, pretty sure. Pretty sure the middle managers are yeah. the most essential parts of any business. So absolutely. <laughs> There's also a donation link where you can you can donate one meal to a starving hod tower. Once yeah. A week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll keep them going. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, but then if you if you send it to him every now and then, we'll steal a sweet roll and we'll go. Oh, someone steal your sweet roll. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And spit on it and uh, hit it back to him, which is like that's all of three. And I think that would constitute a lore boys. Lore boys. Lore boys. Uh, Out. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.